The Wandering Journo at Stories That Matter Studios. I'm Nance Haxton and this is The Streets of Your Town. The podcast that takes you on an audio journey through theatre of the mind, highlighting a different slice of Australian life each episode. The landscapes that often come to mind when people around the world think of Australia are our glorious beaches. Today, we take streets of your town on a road trip with Mildred the Cantankerous Combi to the beaches of southeast Queensland. We'll find out why these Aussies can't imagine living anywhere else but near that golden strip with the wind in their hair and the sand in their eyes. Our first stop is Southport at the world-famous Gold Coast. We're speaking to two men wearing the famous red and yellow uniform to find out what motivates them to patrol these famous beaches as lifesavers. I'm Clinton Schneider. Thank you, Clinton. TJ Lunsell. So here we are at the beautiful main beach. Is that right? Where we are here at Southport? Main beach, Southport. You guys are in your Lifesavers uniforms. Can you tell us a bit about what you're doing here? Uh, we're just helping out the community and keeping our beaches safe by, um, you know, providing a good lookout yeah. so nobody drowns. Just keeping an eye on the red and yellow flags for swimmers, keeping everyone safe for the community and just helping out, volunteering our time. How long have you guys been doing this for? This is my third year, but all up in the surf life saving, I've been here five years. Yep. And I've been doing surf life saving for probably about 14 years now. Been involved um, in the surf club a while. Started with nippers? Yeah, with nippers under sevens, I think, was the first one. (laughs) And then all the way through to under 15s and then continue doing patrols and my surf runs. And... So is this something you'd been looking to do for a while, even from when you were quite small? My dad and mum, like, we're always down at the beach surfing and having to swim and getting involved. They just thought it was a good idea to get into the surf club because my mum and dad both did it. And, um, yeah, it just went from there. So streets of your town, we are here at the Gold Coast. You guys live locally here as well? Yeah, yeah, I live um, locally, like five minutes to the beach, which is pretty handy. So, but often it can take, I don't know, 30 minutes to get there based on the traffic. So, sometimes you're lucky, sometimes you're not. <laughs> um, no, just 15 minutes out, but yeah, it's, it's nice to come down, come for a swim. Beach is a big part of life, really, um, at this part of the Gold Coast, isn't it? Yeah, pretty big part, everyone. <laughs> Even if, even if you don't come for a swim, everyone just comes down to the beach, plays a bit of cricket, some games with the family, and just has a good time. Has it been really busy? I mean, probably today's probably been the busiest of all. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you'd be surprised it hasn't been, really. Yeah, yeah just within the past um, half a week, with everyone, all the athletes being finished, surface has kind of um, come alive, you know. And I notice you guys seem to be here a bit later, too. I don't know if I've seen Lifesavers down the beach this late. Yeah, still a couple people out here, and um, they extended the hours to 6pm for the Commonwealth Games to keep everyone safe. Oh, that's great. So what what do you love about where you live down here at the Gold Coast? Just, there's everything really. There's um, Dog Off Leach area down at the Spit. Oh, that's your favourite spot? Um, yeah, well, I have a German Shepherd. Oh. So. so what do you love about it down there? Just let the dog run free? Or? Yeah, you can let the dog run free and everyone else has dogs, so it's like an acceptable place to have your dog. <laughs> and you can also go for a swim as well, just hang out with the family and stuff. Yeah. It's good. Well, what about you? What's your favourite 
spot down the beach? Oh, my, I don't know. I just like the beach in general, just going there. The beach uh, lifestyle is pretty cruisy, which is good. <laughs> and I mean, the Gold Coast has a beach and it's like a mini city anyway, so it's got everything you want. Are there things about the Gold Coast that frustrate you though? Like you mentioned the traffic before, that can get a bit frustrating if you get caught in it, can't it? Oh yeah, definitely the traffic <laughs> and yeah, there's usually a, you know, a few people, so yeah, that's about it. Yeah, people and traffic. Not of. much you can do to plan around it, it's just a um, no. bit of luck, hey? Yeah, no, that's right, yeah. Yeah, the traffic's probably the only downside. <laughs> <laughs> if something happens on the motorway, you're kind of stuck a little bit, but once you get past it, get down the beach, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. And the public transport's improving, at least now, for the Gold Coast with your tram and everything. Yeah, the tram, the tram definitely improved. They're looking to extend that down to Burley and hopefully the airport soon which is, it's a better way for people to get around. It's a lot quicker than buses. So. Well, thanks so much, guys. I suppose to finish, can you tell us a bit about what you love about being lifesavers? You know, this is something that's such a wonderful part of Australian culture. What, uh, what is it that attracted you to it? Oh, definitely. Um, so, obviously, the beach. I'm interested in the beach. But definitely the mateship. Like, you, you make, it's just a big family here at the um, club. And um, every time you go to patrol, you're always looking forward to see your mates. And... Yeah, it's just a good part of, you know, living, mateship and, you know, yeah. Just being involved in the community and giving back um, to them and giving up our free time to come down and help them out and um, just being involved with the surf club and all the camaraderie and, like, mateship and just good times with everyone. And it also gives you some certifications that could help you further down in the track. If you're at uni, you might get a job as a lifeguard, which can help you out a lot. So it's just it's just a good place to be down at the beach. It's a lot more than just standing around looking at the ocean by the sound of it, hey? Yeah, a bit, bit more than that, but it's good fun out here. You know, we can go for a sim, but then, because um, our patrol is quite a lot of people, so we just rotate around, go for a swim, other people watch the beach. It's just, it's just a good time. Are there any tips that you'd like to give people that, you know, things that, see, that you see that frustrate you, that maybe things that people do over and over again, or, you know, when they're at the beach that are a bit silly, or... Oh, definitely swim between the red and yellow flags. We couldn't um, say that anymore, but um, yeah, just be, yeah, it is pretty dangerous. So even though like you might be having fun, always second guess and say, yep, yeah, this might be a little dangerous, might, yeah. But yeah, definitely still have fun. My tip would be stay within your own limits. So if you're not really a strong swimmer, I wouldn't advise swimming out the back if it's, if it's beach surf. But just stay within your own limits. Have, have fun down the beach, catch some waves with the family and stuff like that. It's, it's good. Thanks so much, guys, for being on the Streets of Your Town podcast. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. For many people, living near the beach is a dream they struggle to attain. Spiralling real estate prices have left many only able to visit the beaches they love. But others, such as John and Jane, have found another way. They're living at Helensvale Caravan Park, taking in the famous Gold Coast beaches on their journey around Australia. They've left their house behind to hit the road in their pursuit of seeing more of the great wide brown land of Australia. Welcome to the streets of your town. My name's John. John and Jane. Jane, and here we are at the beautiful Helensvale Caravan Park. Can you tell us a bit about uh, the streets of your town? We talk about what some of your favourite things are about where you live. How about how long have you been here at Helensvale for now? Well, we've been here at this park for about two months. Mm-hmm. We uh, we packed up house last year in September and. 
we've been travelling, we've been halfway around Australia and back again and we're sort of just stopping here for a little while. And was this a dream that you'd had for a while to do the travelling around Australia thing? Oh, look, it's something that we've thought about doing for quite a long time. We, we did this several years ago where we went up the east coast right up the top and this time we've, uh, we've been across the Nullarbor and, and up the top end of Western Australia. Because it's something that a lot of people talk about but not everybody gets around to doing. How have you found it being on the, on the road, do you think? Yeah, really good. Um, oh, I love being, I just love travelling. I love seeing our backyard. I think we've got a beautiful backyard and I don't think enough of us get out there and, you know, explore it. Um, there's some areas that aren't as pretty as others, but, you know, in saying that, there um, there's still some beautiful spots out there and there's a lot that we still haven't seen yet. So you'd encourage people to, uh, to make that dream happen? You often hear Absolutely. people talk about it. <laughs> Absolutely. No hesitation. Yeah. Something I think everybody should have a, a go at. Yeah. yeah. So you've been here for a couple of months. Are you liking the Gold Coast or um, just putting down roots for a little while? No, we're from the Gold Coast. We lived here for about 10 years and we moved a little bit closer up to Brisbane to be closer to my elderly parents. But we, we consider ourselves Gold Coasters. Um, it's just something that we, we love doing, as, uh, as my wife said. It's, uh, it's something that's in our blood, and we just like to get out and, and travel and do what we want to do. And you know, a lot of people like to go overseas, and that's fine. If that's what floats your boat, <laughs> I, I think you can spend the rest of your life <clears throat> travelling around this country. We could almost say that the streets of your town have been all of Australia. What are some of the favourite places that you've seen, do you think, on your travels? Um, well, we, Jane and I, we, we love the north of Queensland. We, th- we think the tropics is just God's country up there. Um, I lived up there many years ago, and uh, it is just a beautiful part of the world. It gets mighty hot and steamy in the summer, but that's what it is. But Are there any secret little hidey holes up there that you particularly like going to? Yeah, I don't know about a hidey hole. It's very popular. A place called Paranella Park. Uh, I don't know whether you know it or know of it. I've heard the name, definitely. Yep. It's south of, uh, south of Cairns, north of Tully. It's a little bit inland by about half an hour. Um, through a little town called Silkwood and then onto a little town called Mina Creek. Uh, I think he was a Spanish immigrant, came out in the early 1900s uh, with a dream of making his fortune, uneducated, couldn't speak the language. He worked on the cane farms. Eventually he made some money where he, he bought a, an old run-down farm, made some money and continued on to do that. Um, and he's betrothed back in, I think it was in Spain, he went back together. And unfortunately she was already married. So mum and dad were somewhat embarrassed because it was very cultural. So they had daughter number two and he married her and brought her out to Australia, made a life and a family. And he built this place called Paranella Park. His name was Joseph Paranella. And it was just magnificent out of the local uh, rocks and resources up there. He had a lot of the local Aborigines helping. And it's just a place, it's, it's very castle-like. Unfortunately, time has ravished it with... Uh, floods and cyclones and various other things but a local um, business up there has bought the place and uh, attempted to get it back to its its, its former glory. It is just a magnificent place and I think it's in about the 30s they got the only or the first hydroelectric scheme approval um, they, they harness the water of the local creek which falls over a natural, natural escarpment and um, they lit it up and they had a ballroom, they had tennis courts, fountains, it's just a magnificent place. If anybody's up on the north end of Queensland it's a place that you've got to put on the bucket list. Those favourite places, you never get tired of uh, going back to them and seeing them again, do you? No, I, well, I've been up there a couple of times over the years, and it is, it's just one of those magical places. Mm. When Jane and I went up there, you can do a night tour, and uh, they take you around the place. They, they planted tens of thousands of natural trees, uh, natives and all that sort of stuff. 
and they get you to walk around the park with torches. And at one point in the in the park, you turn your torches off and you let your light, your eyes adjust to the light. And then and the guy says, "I have a look over here." And all the bamboo that's fallen has become phosphorescent, and it glows in the dark. It's almost a little bit like Avatar. It's just brilliant. <laughs> wow. And what about for you, Jane? Is it a similar place for you, or do you have another favourite oh, that comes to mind? No. Paranala <coughs> Park all the way. John took me there for my birthday, um, my 50th, actually, yep. wasn't it? Oh. My 50th birthday, and we just fell in love with the place. Yeah, and we actually want to go back there and just see what you know what's been done since our last time because we were led to believe that they were going to be doing some improvements. So yeah. And what about uh, your plans now? You're hoping to see parts of Australia you haven't seen, or what? What are you yeah. thinking? Well, I'd like to go next year to um, out towards Northern Territory, um, and then back up through Cairns again. So I'm hoping to do that probably you know this time next year. That's, I think that's where our next plan is. When you're on the road, you don't have a lot of income coming in unless you work on the road, so that's part of what we're doing now. We stop for a little while, we get the bank balance up again and move on. So, and at our age, we, we don't have any commitments, so the good thing is we can move on and just keep going. We're both in our 50s, so we're not retirees, so it's, it's good fun. Sounds like it's a, a pretty free way to live your life. Well, it is, yeah. And, you, know, you see a lot of people, you meet lots and lots of people on the road, and you know, I think the sad thing from our point of view, and this is not having a go at anybody, but you, know, you see a lot of the, the elderly people who are well and truly retired and, and they're pulling these great big caravans. And I, I see some danger in, involved in all that. But I'd rather do it while we're still uh, relatively young and, and, and their health is still pretty good. But having said that, Jane's had some health issues in the last week, which has been a bit nasty and uh, it's been a bit of a wake-up call. Yeah, and I suppose, can we talk about that? Because it, it's encouraging for people, I think, that... These trips don't always go exactly to plan, though, do they, Jane? No, they don't. Um, John's probably better the one to talk to you about that. <laughs> you don't remember much of it. No, then. I don't. Um, I was put in a coma. So um, on the 13th, was it? About a week that? ago, last Friday, which Ooh. was yeah, Friday the 13th. Um, it was quite uh, quite traumatic. My wife woke up, and within only a few minutes, literally five minutes, she was uh, very unresponsive and. Um, we, we were just incredibly grateful, or, or, or luck is probably more the better word, that we weren't in the middle of the Nullarbor or somewhere out back where uh, we had very limited medical assistance. We were five minutes from one of the best facilities here in the Gold Coast. And um, have you been sick for a while, Jane? Or just no, no, she had some flu-like symptoms the week before and oh. she, uh, she just came down. And it's in the, in the short of the long stories that she had um, meningitis and encephalitis oh. and we were told in no uncertain terms that... If we hadn't have got her to hospital that day, she would have probably... No, not probably. She wouldn't have been here the next day. So it was, it was incredibly scary. It's been a stressful week, but it's one of those diseases that seems to hit you as quickly... And it's gone as quick as it came. I know, and here you are a week... Not even a week later, yeah, Jane. Over a week, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and the hospital is coming to you with medication and things like that to keep you on the mend? Yeah, uh, the Gold Coast Hospital have been absolutely wonderful. I can't complain about them at all they've been great they've kept John informed the whole way through of what's going on they come out daily because I'm on a, an infuser oh, so medication. I've constantly 24 hours a day I've got 10 mils of um, penicillin going into mm. my bloodstream um, and I've got that for four weeks so they're here every day um, to make sure that I'm hooked up to a new penicillin um, make sure I'm clean. I had to go back to emergency on Saturday due to I had a little bit of a I had a bit of blood loss where they've got the cannula. I had to go back in on Saturday and um, get that sorted. Um, they've been great. Like 
I can't complain about hospital at all. And John, it sounds like you just knew you had an intuition that something was drastically wrong and you had to get to hospital. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not a medico, but I've had a little bit of medical training, but uh, it certainly didn't take a medical expert to realise there was something seriously wrong when, when your wife's sitting there and she was almost unresponsive. She, she had her eyes open, she was looking at me, so... Uh, but she just couldn't vocalise anything, and it was quite scary to see a look of fear in her eyes. But the, the Ambos were here within five minutes, so we're here while I was on the phone, and uh, we're only five or ten minutes from the hospital, so as I said, world-class treatment on our doorstep and the public health system. I felt as though I was the, the number one uh, private health coverage with the treatment we got, and I just can't speak highly enough for the, for the health services that we've got in this country. We're very, very lucky. Bit of movement here at Helensville Caravan Park today. I suppose you'd see a lot of people coming and going. Yeah, fortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, we're getting <laughs> to the end of all the school holidays and the um, the Olympic, uh, the Commonwealth Games mm. stays. So uh, there's a bit of a mass exodus out of here at the moment. So we like it. We like it when it's quiet, but it's nice when it's busy. You, you get to say good day to a lot of people, and uh, it's a great way of socialising. That's one thing that we love about mm. travelling. It's a forced socialising, if, if, if for want of a better term. But, you, you know, not very often you'd be sitting outside your house and chatting to your neighbours, but here you do, and you can say good day to anybody. Yeah, so that's part of the, the caravan life that you like? It is. You know, it's, it's you see some different characters, we must say. Yeah, like, um, like me with, with my tent that I couldn't figure out. That yeah, was how we met, Your, no, your noisy combi van yes. wakes half the caravan park and up. I know, it's terrible. I'm a disgrace. No, you're okay. <laughs> You're okay. No, but it's a good life. It's a good life. We, we, we enjoyed meeting lots of different people. <laughs> well, it sounds like, so you'll be on the mend for a month or so, Jane and John, and yeah. then hopefully back on the road. Is that the plan? Well, we won't be on the road for a little while yet. Mm. We've, we've still got to get back to work. Jane's uh, working, but that's, that's going to be put on hold for a little while. Um, so we'll just see how all things plan out, pan out with Jane's health. Um, she's improving every day, so hopefully this time next year we can be heading up north again. Well, all the best for your recovery, Jane, and thank you so much for chatting to us at the streets of your town. No worries. Thank you. For other Australians, living near the beach is part of a long family history going back generations. People such as Indigenous artist Delvine Cockatoo Collins, who designed the medals for the Gold Coast 2018 Commonwealth Games. For her, living at Minjerabar or Stradbroke Island was a calling that despite living away from where she grew up for decades, she could no longer ignore. Thank you, Delvine, for joining us for uh, Streets of Your Town today. Oh, it's great to be here with you, Nance. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about um, your connection with your town? What is the place that you really call your home? It's Gumpi Dunwich, which is on Minjirabal, North Strabroke Island. And um, I returned to live there about eight years ago. I lived away for a very long time. Um, spent uh, some of my childhood growing up there, and it was always in my thoughts to come home. So you did leave for a while, but it was always there calling to you to come back? It really was. And I think, you know, the you know, being away during high school, but mum and dad had kept their place there, so I was always able to come back. My uncle lived around the corner, but I just thought, I have to come back and, um, yeah, have to buy my house on my own home, on my own home, on my own country. And how's it been coming back? Has it been as you imagined? Oh, it's so much more. Mm. Yeah, all the, all the 
things that I thought about was for my children to make sure that they had their growing up time. But what I didn't anticipate was the impact that it would have on me. And, and how is that? Uh, I'm just, I'm so grateful that I can, you know, walk around the corner, get my coffee, go to mum's and dad's, um, walk across the road from home, literally across the road, like <laughs> to my studio. And then I can, from my front veranda, I can see the water. Everything's within sort of walking distance that I need. So, and then, you know, my career has just grown since I've been on the island. I've got access to my resources that I need and my mum who influences my work. So I couldn't do it anywhere else. I couldn't be this happy as I am as I am right now where I live. <laughs> oh, and is it that sense also being where your generations before you have been as well? Yes. And that connection? Oh, definitely. Mm. The You know, the house that uh, mum and dad are in is where I spent those early childhood years growing up and then before that, you know, my grandma was there, my mum, and then, you know, knowing down the road further is great-grandmothers and great-great-grandmothers, so there's all that long connection, all that eternal history that I have um, with my family on North River, on Majuraba. You said Gumpi, so uh, is that the name uh, in Kondamuka for Dunwich, is that right? In, um, for people Jandai who may not know. or Jandai. And it's been good to have that language around you as well and teach that to your kids? It is. The Njiriba Mogumpan Elders in Council, they uh, created um, the dictionary, so a lot of research being put into it. So, you know, having those resources that we can buy directly from the elders and then um, relearn, I guess, that, that language and apply it directly to what's around us is so significant. And being able to, you know, share that with other people around too. Our family. Places the family, places my grandmother with the words that she's written and the words that she's spoken to the words that she's spoken to my mother who then spoke it to me. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Is there anything else that you'd like to add about um, this wonderful Kwanamuka country, Minjeraba, that, uh, that brought you back, I suppose? just don't want too many people knowing <laughs> so they don't visit <laughs> it's not not perfect by any means but when you're there it's pretty close to perfect isn't it yeah but it's really not that great <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows no. thank you so much Delvey. That was artist Delvine Cockatoo-Collins speaking to me overlooking the home of her family and her Aboriginal ancestors for at least 20,000 years, the island paradise of Minjeribar, or Stradbroke Island. Streets of Your Town is produced by Nance Haxton, a.k.a. The Wandering Journo, with production assistance from Michael Adams. That's it for this episode. I'm Nance Haxton. Stay up to date with the latest episode of Streets of Your Town on SoundCloud. See you next time.